The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey there, lovely listeners. Thanks for being with us today. I was just talking before we started with Jeff, my favorite engineer of all time, and he was saying, gosh, I hope I don't fall asleep. So we started having a little chat about various caffeinated beverages, and I've got to tell you about the one I'm having right now. It's really cool. I mentioned last week that out at the Veg Fest in Portland, weekend before last, I just tasted all these foods I'd never had before, but I hadn't tried the tea yet. And what I am drinking right now during the show is a traditional masala chai from a company called Blue Lotus Chai. Now, I need to tell you my chai history. I almost feel like saying my name is Victoria and I am a chai addict, but only that Starbucks kind of chai. And that stuff has so much sugar in it that the comedian Sarah Silverman made a really funny joke about it, which I won't share because this is a church station, but it's so much sugar. It actually made a funny joke. So I totally swore off the stuff. I should have made a note of the date so that it could be like my sobriety date from sugary chai. But I kind of miss that that richness of the chai. I wanted the richness without the addiction. And this stuff does it. It's a powdered chai. It has absolutely no sweetener in it of any sort. You can add sweetener if, if you like. But anyway, if you're somebody who likes chai like I do, but you would like it without the sugar, check out bluelotuschai.com. Nice little company out there in Eugene, Oregon. So shout out to Oregon folks. Whoa, what else is going on? A couple of things. I was also talking with Jeff about how when I'm at Unity Village in April, I hope we can hang out because he seems really fun. Well, I hope you and I can hang out there too, especially if you're in the Midwest or it's easy for you to get to the Kansas City area. I'm going to be doing a retreat. It's a go veg, go green, change your life retreat at the Awaken Whole Life Center, which is in Unity Village, Missouri. That's a suburb of Kansas City. You'd fly into MCI Airport and, and then just... uh 
get a car or a car service out to Unity Village. So that will be April 11th through 13th. I always like doing a retreat right before tax day so that the people who are happy about their refunds can add their happiness and the people who are gearing up for paying a lot of money can get all the good happiness. It all works. So April 11th, 13th, check out the Awaken Whole Life Center. And I want to announce something else today. I'm so excited. You are the first people to hear this news. It was just announced. It's not on the web. It's not anywhere yet, except I'm telling you about it. And that is the first Main Street Vegan Cruise. Does that sound cool? That is coming up in 2015, the last week of February. Now, I want to tell you how this came about because I'm such a firm believer in getting out there into the world and just seeing what happens. Because, you know, you do things for one reason and then sometimes you get something else back. I've heard the phrase, polish here, shine elsewhere. Anyway, I spoke for the Unity Church here in New York City a few months ago. Wonderful church meets in the Symphony Space, which is a big concert hall, which happens to be on Broadway. So whenever I talk there, I always think, okay, so you can't carry a tune, but you made it to Broadway. And afterwards, I was contacted by a lovely gentleman who liked my talk, and we got together and had lunch. And he said, you know, I'm not a vegan, but I'm interested And I put together cruises. In fact, he's done the cruises for Unity Online Radio. He just did one, you'll love this, for people who were fans of that 1960s TV show, Dark Shadows. I mean, these these are interesting specialty cruises. So he's doing one for Main Street Vegan, and it's going to be so cool. We will sail from New York City on Norwegian cruise lines, and we'll have a day in Orlando and one in Great Stirrup Key and one in Nassau. And while we're on the ship, you'll be getting to hear presentations from Dr. Michael Greger, who's been on the show. You know Dr. Greger, nutritionfacts.org, from Dr. Will Tuttle and his his lovely wife. Uh, Will Tuttle has also been on the show. He's the World Peace Diet and the world's foremost vegan baker, Fran Costigan. She's coming out with her new book, Vegan Chocolate, and we'll have her on next month. So you'll get to learn from all these cool people. Plus, you'll be out there on the ocean having fun, and they're making it amazingly affordable. So if you want information on that, I've got a phone number. It's 800 828 4813. Or you can just call me and ask me and I'll give you the number. I'll give it to you now again, 800-828-4813. Now I have another really important number to give you and that is our number for the show right now today. If you want to talk to me or if you want to talk to our terrific guest who will be coming in the next segment, Colleen Patrick Goudreau, you can call us at 888-558-6489. Did you get that? 888-558-6489. We would love to talk at you. Got to tell you about my dinner last night. Really, really fun. I had dinner with Barbara Bijou. Now, I don't know that my vegan listeners will know Barbara, but my Unity listeners will know Barbara. Barbara is considered the foremost expert on ritual. Her book and website, The Joy of Ritual, is just lovely. She does workshops at Unity Churches and and other venues all over the country. So Barbara has been trying to get me together for a long time with her other vegan friend, who is Robin Quivers. Now, Robin Quivers, you know, is Howard Stern's sidekick of 30 years, and she's a radio personality of of her her own as well. And she is a vegan, and her brand new book just came out. It's called The Veducation of Robin. So I wanted to read the book before I had dinner with her, and I read it yesterday, and oh, it's good. I really, really recommend The Veducation of Robin. It's so honest and so clear, and she talks about the troubles that she had. She talks about how easy it was to just do a cleanse. Like she did that master cleanse several times, the lemon juice and and, um, maple syrup and, and cayenne, and it was easier just not to eat than to eat. 
And it, it took her a lot of kind of kicking and screaming to finally get to the point of, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to eat plants. And that decision, she believes, got her through cancer and is getting her through life and health and happiness and vibrancy. So that's a cool book to check out. Couple of other things to share with you. This is October, and we know that that is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And of course, you've just got to take your hats off to anybody who's trying to help end a plague. You know, anybody who's doing whatever they're doing for cancer or AIDS or heart disease. And yet, it could be that the way that we're looking at some of these diseases just might not quite be it. When I think about breast cancer awareness, I always think, well, who's not aware? I mean, we've all known somebody. If we haven't been touched by this disease ourselves, we know somebody who has. So we're aware. And I'm just wondering, maybe metaphysically, we need more awareness of health and healing than we necessarily do, you know, the um, the disease. And physically, Maybe we need more choices and actions that create health. So another great friend of Main Street Vegan, Dustin Rudolph, a pharmacist, he was on the show uh, in, I think he was on in January of, of 2013, if you want to check him out on the archives. But he posted the most wonderful blog post today about breast cancer awareness versus breast cancer prevention. You might want to take a look at that. And his site is plantbasedpharmacist.com. And the post is called The Business of Breast Cancer Awareness. So check that out. And finally, the last thing I have to share with you before I bring on the lovely Colleen Patrick Goudreau is that I received a letter from the Unity Minister, Reverend Brendan Batchelor, out in Santa Fe. I had attended her beautiful church in 2007 when I was visiting there. And she has since become vegan and started listening to the show. Hey there. And she wrote to me something about Myrtle Fillmore. You know, I've often quoted Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, but his wife Myrtle was pretty cool too. And, and Reverend Bachelor shared this with me. She said, my favorite story about the Fillmores being vegetarian is in the chapter, No Murdered Thing, in the book, Myrtle Fillmore, Mother of Unity. And it says when their son Royal was attending the University of Missouri in 1909, he notified the family by mail that he intended to be home for Thanksgiving and would be accompanied by several classmates for the traditional dinner. He demanded turkey, although he well knew his parents' views toward any kind of flesh eating. Myrtle was not to be cowed, however, and in a letter of response, she said very simply, very directly, and very conclusively, suppose, dear boy, we cut the turkey out for Thanksgiving and have better things. It doesn't seem quite consistent for people who believe as we do in the sin of taking the creature's life to dish murdered things up on our table. And you know we'll have plenty of delicious things. Isn't that great? It just sounds like a mom. So moms in 1909 and moms in 2013 are pretty much the same. And interestingly enough, that particular son went on to become a devout vegetarian. He was actually vice president of the International Vegetarian Union for several years. So there you go, moms of teens who are saying, I want to go out and do something different. Well, we're going to do something different right after this break, and that is talk to somebody that everybody loves. Do you know anybody that everybody loves? Everybody loves my guest, Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Stay with us, and we'll meet her right after this. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm. 
and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Victoria Moran. So happy to be talking with you all today and really, really happy to be introducing Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Over the last 14 years, Colleen has guided thousands of people through the process of becoming and staying vegan. She has a master's degree in English literature and draws on world literature, poetry, etymology, linguistics, and the arts to engage her audience's and to fulfill her mission, that is, empower people to make informed food choices, debunk the myths about veganism, be a voice for animals, and give people the tools and resources they need to live according to their own values of compassion and wellness. She has a unique blend of humor, passion, intelligence, and common sense. See, that's why everybody likes her. And her message of compassion reaches countless people all around the world. Her site is Colleen at CompassionateCook.com. Welcome, Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much. And I know about your chai addiction. I've seen you drink chai. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't hide anything anymore. People not only see you do stuff, but they take your picture and put it on Facebook. <laughs> so true. you're going through kitchen renovation and you sound all calm and normal. <laughs> We're going through two bathrooms. And the kitchen renovation, it's pretty uh, intense. But it's I'm so happy because I've never had a proper kitchen. I've never had a nice kitchen. So uh, nothing could, could make me feel stressed about it. And we've had the same contract. We've worked with the same contractor for years, and so he's wonderful. That makes a huge difference. But I just can't believe at the end of this I'm going to have an actual proper kitchen. Any time I've ever filmed anything, any videos, that anyone has ever seen me in any kitchen anyone has ever seen me in. I have borrowed kitchens from neighbors because I've never had a nice kitchen. So this is pretty special. Oh, that would be special because you are the compassionate cook. That's not just some name you came up with. I mean, when I first heard of you long time ago, I was told that you were this absolutely delightful and truly compassionate baker. Because your first book was about baking, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. So the Joy of Vegan Baking, and then you did the Vegan Table, Color Me Vegan, Vegan's mm-hmm. Daily Companion, Oh My Goodness, The 30-Day Vegan Challenge, Being Vegan. Do you stay up all night? No, I don't. We're all busy. We all we all choose to spend our time the way we want to, I think, and this is how I choose spend my time and I'm so grateful I get to do so. So no, I mean, this, my life is dedicated to this, to spreading the word, to giving people what they need to really manifest their values of compassion and kindness. I mean, I think yeah. people really want to do it. They just struggle with the how and whatever I can do to make it easier for people is what I'm really grateful to be able to do. 
Well, you do that in so many ways, your books, your wonderful podcast and and other projects we're going to be talking about. But I think people want to know, what does your day look like? (laughs) I am very regimented. And, you know, people ask me, even people who are not, you know, who don't know me for the work that I do, but who just meet me, you know, who know I work from home, they ask, how do you work from home? I could never work from home. How do you discipline yourself? I've always been very disciplined, and I've always uh, been very regimented, and I really map my day out. My day, I, I wake up in the morning. I wake up pretty early. Not early. I mean, I wake up at 6, 6.30. That's probably later than some people do. And the first thing I do is meditate and kind of sit and just drink some tea and enjoy the sun coming up. I'm a huge outdoors person, so as much time I can spend outside as possible is, is, what, I, is what I try to do. So, And then I map out my day. I kind of um, create the, the schedule for my day. And that includes building in things like running and, um, you know, when I have lunch and when I, um, when I have a phone call or an interview or when I, how, you know, what I'm writing and for how long I'm writing, I build in time for email and, uh, and then, you know, usually take a break and make dinner or whatever. And then just, you know, kind of get back into things. Running, being outside at some point is always part of my day, but I'm just, I'm very regimented. My problem is not that I don't get things done. My problem is I feel guilty when I don't get as much done as I want to. So <laughs> I have my own demons when I deal with it. Well, I, I admire that a lot, and I share some of it. I love my calendar. If yeah. if the building were burning after the li- the living things, I would grab the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so are you an earth sign? I'm water, actually. Oh, I'm, you know, my my what is it? My son, I guess, is Pisces. Ooh. So I've got apparently I've, I don't know much about this, but apparently I've got grounding. I've got Aries and Gemini too. So apparently I'm a very interesting combination of of yeah. I mean, I think Pisces and Aries alone is just an interesting combination. That's that is not interesting. All I know about astrology. Yeah. And I don't know much either, but. I am on the cusp of Aries and Pisces, just made it into Aries because I was born late at night, and um, whatever it is. Maybe it means that people who have a lot of Pisces and Aries become vegan authors, (laughs) you think? Possibly. That might be something they'll be talking about 100 years from now. That'll be in the characteristics of Pisces, Aries, cusp people. Yeah, that's all good. We do have a lot in common. A hundred years from now, maybe everybody will be vegan and they'll just say author. Wouldn't that be nice? Are you saying a hundred years from now, everyone will be Pisces and Aries? (laughs) I don't know about that. So, (laughs) Colleen, tell us a little history, the story of your vegan journey. Um, Well, as, as, as I often say, I grew up eating typical American diet. I grew up on the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey originally. And, you know, grew up, I was, um, my story is so typical. I was the kid who very much, you know, would have been called an animal lover, though I don't think that's really fitting because I don't think you have to love animals in order to not want to hurt them. But I was that kid who loved being around animals, always felt comfortable with them, always felt, uh, never was afraid of them, wanted to help them, intervened if there was any suffering at all. And, you know, typical kid dressed in, clothing that had images of animals all over, you know, my pajamas, my bed, stuffed animals, all of it. And I ate animals because I didn't know because my parents fed me animals and they were doing what they were taught. And I definitely felt bad, but you learn to squelch that guilt. And I went on eating animals and always still felt something guilty. That's what justifications and rituals and rationalizations are for, to kind of, you know, literally rationalize. Um, what we feel bad about, and the red dye for New America, and it really, it really woke me up. It really, you know, kind of was the first thing to put in touch, you know, in my in my heart what what I was contributing to, and I stopped eating land animals, and then really was on this quest. I mean, I was about 20, and I was I knew that somehow working on behalf of animals was going to be what I wanted to do. I mean, I had already, you know, volunteered at shelters and. Um, I knew somehow that was my calling. I just didn't know what it looked like. And, you know, several years later, after I'd been not eating land animals for, for a while, I then stopped eating, um, you know, everything that came off of or out of an animal. And, uh, and that was because I read Slaughterhouse, because that was when I realized this is a violent culture that I'm supporting, that it didn't matter whether I was consuming their flesh or not. It didn't matter if they were being raised for 
you know, their flesh or for their eggs or for their milk. What mattered was that I was paying people to be violent, and I was really uncomfortable with that. And I mean, it was just antithetical to who I was and to what what I believed in. So I've, you know, very effortlessly, in the sense that it really much, very much was an awakening. I quote unquote became vegan, and that is to say, I at that moment was manifesting in my behavior what I felt in my heart, and that's what I think being vegan is. Um, it's literally the physical manifestation in our behavior of what we already feel in our hearts. And and then that, you know, continued me on this path. I wanted to do everything I could to um, to guide others to the same compassion. And so here I am today. I love when you said manifest in behavior what we feel in our hearts because that sounds like a perfect definition of integrity. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. That it all matches. Yeah. Now, you were an English major, and you think a lot about language, about words, and what they have to do with imparting the vegan message. Absolutely. It's so huge. You know, I think we all, we all get so excited about um, when we have this awakening and, you know, we get on this path, and we, we I just... I think we're we're unaware of how much we the role we play as ambassadors. Apparently, I have a landline. My phone is ringing right now, so maybe oh. I, maybe I have a phone after all. Um, so I I don't think we realize how much we're looked to as ambassadors when we speak about quote unquote veganism, um, compassion, the animals' health, whatever it is. People are looking to us and. I think sometimes that we forget that and we can represent veganism in a way, even vegans can represent veganism in a way that can sound pretty unappealing. And that has to do with our language and how we talk about it. And I, I'm, I hear so many vegans use words like fake and faux <laughs> and alternative and substitute and replacement when talking about, I have to say, quote, unquote, vegan food because vegan food is just... Food. It's fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and beans and grains and mushrooms and herbs and spices. I always say this because it's just food. But we, we we call it vegan food as if it's something separate, as if there's like a vegan banana and then there's a banana. There's just bananas. Like there's just apples. We don't call them vegan apples because it's just food. So when we say things like that, we we hold up the the animal based meat, dairy, and eggs such that anything other than that. Is, is, is inferior, right, is an alternative. That, that's, what, that's the barometer by which we measure everything else. So that's one of the ways in which I really encourage people to be mindful of the language they're using when they're talking about, quote-unquote, vegan food. I'm on a quest to take back the word meat. Um, meat originally meant that which was eaten. We still say coconut meat. We say nut meat. It, just, it distinguished solid food from a beverage. And right now when we use the word meat, we use it in a way that's, that, that connotes that it's fake. If it's nut-based or grain-based or soy-based or whatever, we say fake. It's not fake. It's real food. It's just not animal meat, right? So that's something I really encourage people to be mindful of. And then certainly the language we use talking about animals, that plays a huge role in perpetuating violence against them. I mean, all the idioms we use. I have a whole podcast episode. I have several actually on these idioms and the language we use to talk about animals. The most obvious is, you know, cutting two birds with... I can't even... I don't even remember the original because I say, I say my um, compassionate version so much. I uh, Killing two birds with one stone, you know, um, there's more than one way to skin a cat, um, to swing a cat. I mean, there's all of these horrible, violent idioms and um, people hear them and then when you use the compassionate versions, people go, oh, did you just say cut two carrots with one knife? Wow, I guess the original's pretty brutal, huh? And they start making their own connections. So there's so many ways that we could advocate for animals and compassion just in our speech, just in our language. And that's pretty, I think it's pretty exciting. That is so exciting. You've gotten me excited and you, you've spawned a lot of thinking. First, you reminded me that the dairy industry tried to make it illegal for the plant milk companies to call their products soy milk, almond milk, oat milk, whatever. They wanted to own milk. And even the government said, no, <laughs> you know, you can't own that exactly. milk right. of human kindness, et cetera, et cetera. And then I thought about something that's kind of a, a thing for me is I think that so many vegans maybe ate more healthfully 
before they went vegan, because we have this idea of it's a vegan marshmallow. It's a vegan cupcake. It's a vegan donut. And I wonder if we just said, hmm, do I want to have a donut? Then we'd think about, do I want a donut or not? But if we say, you want a vegan donut? It's like, well, of course. <laughs> What's right. not to love? Whoa. That's a good point. I haven't thought about it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about the use of vegan donut, vegan cake, vegan this, vegan that. When vegan friends come over or I'm talking to vegan friends or I'm talking to my vegan husband and they say, yeah, we had this great vegan dinner the other night. And I said, you know, you don't have to qualify and say vegan. I know that you ha- you're you vegan. So I know you had a vegan. Di- we don't have to say vegan, 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 vegan. So I've, so I've actually talked about that um, on that note, but you're right. I think that's an interesting way to look at that as well. There's kind of this 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 um, notion that somehow it's free calories or something if it's vegan. And I've experienced this with non-vegans when I, you know, when they know that I brought the joy of vegan baking or I bring them baked goods or we have a neighborhood party or something and my neighbors go, oh, so it's vegan, so that means I can have three or something. I'm like, no, it's still fat and sugar and lots of calories. There's just no violence inside, so that's cool. But... I think you're right. So there is this kind of notion that if it's vegan, it's somehow um, better for you. Wow. And how interesting to be discussing the power of words on Unity Online Radio, because a large part of the Unity teaching is about the power of the word, how we create with our words. Now, I had a word dilemma recently, and I'm going to ask you what you think about this. I connected with an animal rights person on LinkedIn, and, and the person connected back and sent me a quotation by Will Tuttle about why we should not use the word own or owner in connection with companion animals. Well, I was totally devastated thinking, did I do that? And I wrote back and said, oh my gosh, when did I use that word? I I, I didn't think I ever used that word. And he wrote back and said, no, you didn't use it. I just didn't know if you knew about it. And while this was on my mind, that very day, I visited a couple. Um, he's vegan. She's vegetarian. They love their dogs. And they were both using the phrase, people who own dogs, dog owners, pet owners. And because it was so kind of fresh in my mind that I felt like somebody had jumped on me about it, I didn't want to jump on them about it. Would you have? Hmm. You know, well, when you ask it that way, of course, my answer would be no, I would never jump on anybody for anything and neither would you. But is there a way to introduce that or make, is there a way to kind of bring awareness to the word that they're using without, um, you know, in a way that's respectful, um, such that they hear it? I mean, it's not, so there's this kind of line, it's like, I want to also, I want to be respectful, but I also want to be effective, Right. So that's kind of the line I think we're always walking. And so if there was an opportunity in the conversation, uh, absolutely I would bring it up. Um, my, my, again, I always talk about this, my intention being they're already compassionate people. I don't think they're really aware of language that they're using that maybe perpetuates this kind of ownership of animals and violence against animals and, you know, anthropocentrism, et cetera. So might there be a way for me to just raise that? They're going to hear that differently if my intention is that versus they're wrong, they shouldn't use that. I would never use that prescriptive word. I would never say they shouldn't use it. My intention would be that I'd want them to be aware that they're already compassionate people and do they know that they're using this word. And so if I could fit that into a conversation um, with them, maybe I'd mirror back what they were saying. And that's a really good way, I think, to, to introduce it. And I think humor is a really good way. They might say something like, oh, dog owners, and I'd be like, well, I'm not a dog cat owner, well, my cat owner, well, whatever, my cat owned me, but anyway, regardless, still, I think guardian is a better word. Anyway, and dot, 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 and I'd go on in the conversation. So kind of planting it in there without it being a didactic, you know, finger wagging, I think can work really well. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm talking with Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Oh my goodness, lucky me. And you could be lucky too if you want to give us a call, 888-558-6489. Colleen has so much going on on her website, I can barely keep up. So let's talk about a little bit of it before we go to break in a minute here. I know you have the wonderful book, 30 Day Vegan Challenge, which everybody who's interested in veganism really needs to own. But in addition to that, you've got this multimedia experience that actually takes people through a 30 Day Vegan Challenge. Is that right? That's right. That's actually the main source of 30 Day Vegan Challenge right now. It's the online program. 
Okay, tell tell us about it. How do how do we get it, and what is it? Yeah, so the principle is just encouraging people to just stop long enough to recognize their habits because everything we eat and every way we eat and every choice we make are really they're really based on habits. So the idea is to say, look, just let me hold your hand for 30 days and carry you through the transition because I think a lot of people who desire to be vegan, they have, um, they have a great desire to be so, but if they leave off things that are familiar to them and they don't replace them um, with new things, I think that's where people tend to flail about if they don't have a foundation. So the 30-Day Vegan Challenge is all about me saying, I'm here for you, I'm going to guide you, I'm going to hold your hand and answer every question you have so that by the end of the 30 days, you have a strong foundation on which to stand. So people get, they sign up, and immediately they get an email that starts them off, and then every day for 30 days they get an email and a link to their portal, their password-protected portal, where they get videos and audio messages, recipes, and resources. And there's a premium level where they can have access to that information forever and ever and ever. Oh, wow. That's like having access to you forever and ever. That's cool. And I only have access to you for another 21 minutes, and now we need to take a break. But I'm going to cherish the 21 minutes when they come. So everybody, please stay with us. Pay attention to these important messages. And we'll be back with more Main Street Vegan right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. 
Welcome back to Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. My guest today is the just delightful, delicious Colleen Patrick Goudreau. She speaks beautifully. She cooks beautifully. And she's beautiful. And her website is CompassionateCook.com. During the break, we got a caller. Patty, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? We're good. Do you have a question for Colleen? Well, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say hi because to both of you because I love you guys both so much, and I thought this would be a good opportunity to tell you, and um, just that I admire and respect you both so much, and your work has taught me so much, so I couldn't pass up a chance to talk to both Colleen and Victoria at the same time, so, <laughs> <I've> <laughs> so I took advantage of that. So I love it. It feels like a slumber party in the daytime. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit of your story, Patty. Where do you live and how did you become interested in being vegan? Oh, wow. Um, okay, well, I live in Sparks, Nevada, which is, since a lot of people don't know where that is, that's just adjacent to Reno, Nevada. And I've been vegan for um, over three years, almost four years, and um, I entirely became interested in becoming vegan for the animals and ethical reasons, and I've just been so happy that I was able to um, have that awakening when I did. Um, naturally, I wish it was much sooner in my life, but I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to connect um, animals with how I was living and um, against my values at the time. Um, so I was glad that I was able to connect the fact that, wait, these are two totally opposing things that I'm doing. I love animals, and I'm a compassionate person, and I'm, I'm not living that way. And um, but I didn't, I didn't understand, and um, I didn't understand that at all prior to um, kind of having that connection being made and that awakening and becoming vegan. Um, so once I once I did um, have that moment, then it was like it was really powerful for me. And it was just kind of an overnight, um, I, I get this, I see this now, and now I'm going to um, entirely live according to, to to what I actually believe and who I actually am. And so that's kind of my story. Great story. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the show and, and part of uh, the work of, of Colleen and me. Oh, thank you guys, and I think you're both amazing, and you do such wonderful work, and um, thanks for talking with me. You guys have a nice Okay, all the best. Okay. Okay, you too. Bye. Oh, oh, people are just so wonderful, and all over the country, and all around the world. Now, your outreach, Colleen, is just in every sort of way, so let's start with your podcast that people love to pieces. That's Food for Thought. And tell us about that. Yeah, uh, I just, I'm so grateful to my listeners. They're so amazing. Patty's one of them. Patty actually has supported my podcast. So I, and I've met her because we had a um, retreat uh, in California recently and, and Patty was able to come. So that's, she's incredibly sweet. Um, and that's the kind of, you know, that's the, the caliber listener I have and I'm sure you have as well. It's just so incredibly high and I'm so impressed. So I've been doing the podcast for over seven years. And um, and it you know really does encompass kind of everything that I think about and talk about, which is language and uh, and compassion and food and literature. I, I'm able to incorporate literature into the podcast as well, um, and basically really addresses what I know or the challenges that people have living in a non-vegan world. And uh, and so that's what I do. That's what I've been doing. And um, one of the things I'm doing right now, which I'm really excited about, is doing a series uh, called The Ten Stages of What Happens When You Stop Eating Animals. And it has basically, I, I basically identified in stages, in these ten stages, what we all go through when we stop eating animals. And, um, and, and it's pretty universal and it's pretty remarkable. So the intention behind doing this, episode, this series of episodes is to give people voice and a name to these things that we go through and help them get through those stages. So for instance, um, and I'll just make this very brief, but for instance, uh, 
stage one is the consumption of information. Once you become vegan, you want to consume everything you can possibly view or read about this issue. Um, because you're kind of like, really, is this really possible? Did I re I, how could I not have known? And you watch everything to validate it. Stage two is the remorse that a lot of people feel. Patty even said it, having eaten animals and not having made the connection. How could I not have been... How could I not have known? How could I have been part of this? Um, so I guide people through what that looks like and how to then heal from it. Um, stage three is, I have to think, um, um, coming out. You know, we all go through that experience of telling our family members. There's evangelizing, which is one stage we all go through. Um, then there's finding our voice. There's anger and sorrow, blah, blah, blah. So, so that, that's the idea. I really see myself in the podcast as a guide for people who, um, who are going through this or are interested in, in more information. Oh, that's beautiful. And do people access that through your website? Hey, Karen, it's on iTunes. The, the, uh, the podcast is called Food for Thought. They can just type in my name um, or, the, or Food for Thought into whatever podcatcher they, they use, or they can go to my website and find it there. Wonderful. And we have another caller, Kimberly. Excuse me? Victoria? Hi. Yes. How hey, are Kimberly. You? Terrific. You and I had dinner together on Friday night at uh, the Farm Animal Rights Conference. I don't know if you remember. Oh, how lovely. Nice to hear and from you. And I know you. Colleen because Colleen is the woman who helped me become a vegan, so I was just calling to give you guys some love. Well, we'll take Thank it and <laughs> send some back and <laughs> around the world. What's going on yeah, with I, you these days in your vegan well, life? I'm actually, I'm actually at work right now, but I think the thing that struck me that I really wanted to stop work and call and tell you about is that even if a person doesn't feel like they can do gigantic things, it's the small things that really make the difference in our movement. When I decided to become a vegan, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do or what I was going to eat, but every day I read a little bit, and Colleen got me through the crying every day phase which I was very grateful for. And then as I started eating different foods, my friends started asking questions, and I started sharing with them. And although I did go through a little bit of the evangelizing stage, I moved through that, and I just started making food for people and eating in front of people. And like Colleen says, when you're the only vegan in the room, you're really... Um, turning a mirror on people, and I think that if people feel safe with you, if they feel comfortable and not judged, they are free to ask you some questions. And I think it's really important for people to understand that you can make very big progress in a very quiet way if all you're doing is just talking to one person because that person's going to make a change and then somebody will see what that person did and someone will ask that person. My husband, I call him the accidental vegan. He's a marathon runner. And people say to him, Mark, how are you doing such good things with your running now that you're 50, your times are great, and you're not struggling the way that you used to? And my husband says, well, he said, I'm eating plants and I've never felt better in my life. And he would have never had that change if not for me. Me and I would have never had my change if not for Colleen. So it really is a domino effect, and I want people to understand how powerful it really is. Oh, Beautiful. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps. I was just so eloquent, Kimberly. That's so beautiful. It it's really, really true. I mean, the power of just being who we are and standing in our full compassion and being unapologetic. Uh, for that is so powerful. It's a magnet that quite literally attracts people. It's literally an attraction. And that's why I'm really proud of the work that I've been able to do so that people don't live in that vegan closet where they're right. ashamed or they're apologetic or self-effacing right. around it. So just the power of being in that and proudly and joyfully is, is so, it's so powerful. And I can tell you the funny thing that's happened to me that I never expected that had absolutely nothing to do at least generally in the beginning, I didn't think there was any connection, but maybe there is. is I have become incredibly fearless now in a way that I never was before, and I'm not really afraid of saying or doing anything anymore. I mean, I still obviously have my, my proper manners about me, but just the other day, Colleen, I was at the D.C. Veg Fest, and I walked right up to Josh Tetrick and started speaking with him. He's the gentleman who owns the company that's yeah. come up with a plant-based egg. And I had such a wonderful conversation with him, and I just walked right up to him and talked to him, and I thought, gosh, I never would have done that years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I'm so much more brave, and I'm so much more at peace now. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you both for that. Well, thank you, Kimberly. You're welcome. 
<laughs> Have a great afternoon, you guys. You too. You Bye-bye. too. Wow. <laughs> well, Colleen, you have the joyful vegan, and Kimberly can have the gutsy vegan. <laughs> assertive, (laughs) courageous vegan. That's so cool. Now, joyful vegan is a beautiful phrase of yours, and I'd love to hear about the phrase, and I'd love to hear about your new radio project. Mm. Well, it's just, you know, the phrase came about because because I've seen, seen we're all many things. We vegans, we are a huge cross-section of the population, so we are not one thing. And my message really is about joy and compassion. That doesn't mean we don't have heartache. We can hold both at the same time. But I think in order to really, um, yes, be effective, but also just really also feel good ourselves, I think, you know, embracing the joy of living compassionately, I think, is really important. So, uh, so Joyful Vegan has been something that, I, an expression that I've used for a long time, and, and it really resonates with people. And so, uh, so I have T-shirts and, you know, tote bags and that kind of thing. But what's happening now is I'm in the process of uh, building a joyful vegan radio. So the intention is to kind of take, take the next step from the podcast. And my podcast is very contained. It's very um, controlled. Uh, it's just me. It's 45, 50 minutes of me, you know, kind of in an essay format uh, talking. And what I know is that um, people really love to engage and interact. And I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity to do that in this radio show, to be able to take calls. It's going to be a live call-in show. And, uh, and, answer the questions that so many people have and just have this conversation. So so that's what Joyful Vegan Radio is, just another way to spread the joy. Oh, that is so – and, you, oh, you'll love it. Oh, my gosh. This is so much fun for me. I, I must say that Main Street Vegan Radio makes me a joyful vegan. So I know that Joyful Vegan Radio will make you even more joyful than you already are because just the idea of getting to talk to people like we're talking today – this wouldn't happen in normal life. I see you at conferences every now and then. I run into you in a cafe when you happen to be on my side of the country. Right. <laughs> but this is a great gift. So let us know when that's going to be happening and we'll help you get the word out. So Colleen, oh, there's so much more I want to ask you, but let me ask you this. When, we're talking about compassion and extending that compassion to animals. How do you help people extend it to other people, especially the ones who are combative or even the ones who are actively involved in, in industries and activities that are abusing animals? Well, I'm of the mind that compassion uh, doesn't have boundaries and compassion doesn't play favorites and compassion isn't compassion if it's not equal equal opportunity. Uh, so you can have compassion for one group over here and not have compassion for another group over here. That's not compassion. It's, maybe it's selective compassion, but it's not compassion. And so if we are truly in compassion because of how strongly we feel about not contributing to violence against animals, it follows that that compassion also, also has to extend to those with whom we might disagree and um, and that's the hard part. That's the challenge. It's easy to be compassionate. It's easy to be compassionate towards animals, right? I mean, they receive it pretty pretty beautifully. It's easy to be compassionate towards people who agree with you, but where it becomes challenging is being compassionate towards people who might need it more, and or any beings who would need it more. And so it's a mindset. It's a decision, and it's practice, and. I, I think it's imperative. I, I strongly believe that we have to feel as compassionately for those who are hurting the animals because what good would it do if we were otherwise? What good would it do if we were hateful towards them? I don't under, I, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't create more compassion. Um, and that doesn't mean that's condoning their behavior. And I think that's the big mistake that people make. They think that it means that you're saying it's okay, and it's not. It's saying that they're in a place where they need heart and love and compassion brought to their heart, uh, but it doesn't mean you're saying it's okay. And I think for us, we have to remember that we once ate animals. You know, very few of us grew up in this enlightened state. We all were there. We all had a process. We all had a journey. And so I think if we can remember that, we'll be a lot more compassionate and a lot more tolerant of, of other people who are, who are just on their point um, on this journey. And it makes us, again, a lot happier, a lot more effective. <laughs> 
you know, when it comes down to it, the question is, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? And for me, I want to be effective because I want more people to get on board with their own, mm. with their own compassion. Wonderful. Give me 30 seconds on your upcoming trip to Italy. <laughs> I'm so excited. We're just about, about oh, done. I think it's sold out. We're going ah! to Pompeii and we're going to the Amalfi Coast, but this trip to Italy is going to be the first of many trips. They're going to be revolved around sanctuaries. They're going to be revolved around history of the animal protection movement. So we've got many more trips coming up. People can go to my website and just make sure they're on the mailing list to find out about it. But they can still get on the mailing. They can still get on the list, uh, the wait list for the Italy trip, and I encourage people to do so. Wonderful. Well, bon voyage, and thank Mm -hmm. you so, so much, Colleen. This was wonderful. Enjoy your new kitchen and all the wonderful things that you're doing, and thank you, thank you for everything that you're doing for human animals, non-human animals, and this planet. And thank you, listeners, for being part of Main Street Vegan. Thank you for listening today. God bless you, and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. 
That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. spirituality into your own hands bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path do you cross the boundary between religion and science or between religions themselves do you like a dose of humor with your truth seeking if you answered yes you're what we call a holy rascal join rabbi rami shapiro for how to be a holy rascal wednesdays at 11 a.m central Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine? speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 